he is a student of the game. He wants to learn. Um, he's a really sharp kid, and he wants to be great. And his college coach had told me that he was a really good one to look at, and, and he definitely was right. So definitely looking forward to working with him. It was good to get those guys back in. That's one thing I like about KO in his press conference. He said, hey, we want guys to come in that want to come in the building. They don't care how much you know until they care how much you care about. Welcome into episode number 153 of the Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm your host, Tatum Everett. Gabe Henderson is enjoying some much needed time off before training camp. And we've got Jay Nelson in-house here at TCO Studios. How's it going, Jay? Back at it again. We are here for one more week before the big 4th of July break. So it'll be a, it's a fun week. It's a busy week. Everyone's trying to get stuff done before they, oh, they yeah. head out for the week. And I know there's a lot of vacations and stuff popping up. And uh, hopefully Lots. Gabe's enjoying his. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is I usually say, oh, you know, Jay's over there producing the show. But today we have Eric and he's been helping us out lately. So cheers to Eric Davidson. Thank you so much for producing this one. Because, I mean, you know, there, there might not be too much going on as far as players being in the building. Coaches are enjoying some time off a little bit here and there, but we keep on working. We've got a lot of stuff to get ready for for this season. Training camp is coming up and this podcast is no different. We will have some discussions. I'm going to throw some headlines at you, Jay, and see what you think. I don't know if you've seen any of them. Probably so. Sounds good. Um, And then after that, we're going to hear from assistant defensive backs coach Roy Anderson, who I really enjoyed having on the podcast because he's one of two coaches who are carried over from the previous staff. So he has experience with these players. He's someone who has been here for a couple of seasons now. So he was able to really dive into that transition between coaching staffs. And then obviously one of the hottest topics of debate is this defensive backs room. For sure. And that was the thing, having a guy like Roy who's around, he kind of has known what has been going on. He knows kind of what the mentality has been trying to address the issues that have been happening at least the last couple of years in that room. So for a guy like Roy to still stick around and be able to be part of that transition group, it's kind of interesting if you think about it, the the two main guys, you had Roy and you had Keenan McCardell. And so you had the basically mm-hmm. wide receivers in the secondary were the ones that stuck <laughs> around. So yep. it'll be interesting, you know, just to see what the the kind of transition and evolution is this year. And a guy like Roy helping kind of, you know, stir that drink and figure out exactly how they want to mix things up and make it work for them in order to address the issues they've had the last couple of years, especially with the draft picks they had this year. Definitely. Yeah, he does. He gets his hands on Lewis Seen. He gets his hands on Andrew Booth Jr., or Caleb Evans. So a lot of youth in that defensive backs room. I don't know about you, Jay, but we talk about this off season and, and it was here, but now like in two weeks, it won't be anymore. And I'm sitting here going, wait, what happened to the off season? Whenever 4th of July tends to hit, that is where I tend to look at my family and say, well, summer's over and <laughs> see you next it, year. It's literally 4th of <laughs> July, the day of, and it's, it's the 5th of July that makes me go, yeah, it's the summer's over. And, and it's kind of weird. I had a discussion a long time ago. Our old uh, wide receiver coach, George, was around and he used to play for the 49ers. And he remembers having a conversation with Barry Bonds in San Francisco. And it was 4th of July weekend. He's mm-hmm. standing there with Barry pregame as Barry's doing warm up. And he looks at George and he just said, man, I wish I had your schedule. You get 4th of July's off, the summer's off, all that kind of stuff. And George just kind of looked at Barry and said, well, I wish I had your your schedule. And he's like, what do you mean? He says, Christmas off, Thanksgiving off, New Year's Day. It's just when it yeah. comes to pro sports, everyone's got their seasons and there's That's pros true. and cons to all of it. But yeah, it's kind of weird with the NFL. As soon as that that calendar flips on on July 5th, everything starts really focusing in on training camp coming in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Speaking of, we're starting to get a lot of those 
headlines that we're seeing of who has the best this, who has the best that, biggest breakout stars, all these predictions because there's no more sound coming out, mini camps over, we're gearing up for this. So just this week, CBS Sports came out with an entire list of the most overlooked player on every roster in the NFL. And they decided that Brian O'Neill is the most overlooked Viking on the roster. And you know, it makes a lot of sense. I think Brian O'Neill is a guy who is an absolute stalwart on this team. He is an anchor on that offensive line. He's a guy that when it was really kind of crazy, if you go back and look at kind of the draft grades for him or even just the analysis, there was a lot of feeling of big body guy, but he might be too light. He might not be able to handle those defensive ends. They thought he was light. Exactly. (laughs) But that's the thing is a guy like Brian came in. And with some question marks on him and man, he has been absolutely perfect for what we've needed. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of crazy. Usually you think about, you know, sometimes you'll, you'll start at kind of like center out as kind of your anchor. It's basically started with Brian O'Neill and they've just kind of been sliding down the line, you know, having different draft picks and, and putting people in. Brian has been a guy that I think has been as, as rock steady as you could hope for yeah. in offensive line. And I think to have him be the most overlooked, uh, part of it is I don't think he's overly flashy. Well, isn't that the best thing about an offensive lineman? Like you, if the thing is you don't want to talk about them because when you're talking about them, it's bad. Exactly. And uh, you know, a prime example of that was Randall McDaniel hall of famer. He was kind of, as they call him the silent assassin, it was like <laughs> him versus John Randall. John was always, you know, running his mouth. Yeah. Randall McDaniel didn't say very much, but man, that guy, when, mm-hmm. when he was a beast, you know, you did not want to have to be facing him and, and, you know, kind of the iron sharpens iron thing. Brian was a guy last year on the audible too, who would talk about the fact that missing out on Daniil Hunter was actually a problem for him because he felt like if I'm I'm going against Mm -hmm. him in practice every day, he's like, I'm going against the best defensive end in the league. It helps me out. So Brian is not a guy that shies away from a challenge and to have him as maybe the most overlooked uh, I'll take you know, it. I'll take it too. Uh, as long as he keeps producing the way he has, he's been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, he was a 2021 Pro Bowler, just inked that nice new deal in September. So he'll, he'll be here for a while. And like you said, I mean, you, you're filling in these pieces and the offensive lines finally have having some continuity over the last couple of seasons. They just need to nail down that right guard spot, which there's some competition there, which always is a good thing. And so... Excited to see where that one lines up. Now, I'm going to take a little bit of a weird spin with this one. Lindsay Young tweeted out a photo of the new Buzz Lightyear and Brian O'Neill and their doppelgangers. For sure. And then it gets picked up by ESPN NFL. It gets picked up by, I think, another national outlet. And I'm sure it just made Lindsay's whole weekend because people were like totally agreeing. Like Brian O'Neill is Buzz Lightyear. I've been. uh, Hold on. The new Buzz Lightyear, yes. Have you seen it? Yes. I've okay. seen, I, I saw the, oh, I've seen the oh, comparison. Okay, I haven't okay, seen the movie okay. yet. Got it. Here's the other thing. I have argued for years at this point. The fact that he doesn't go as Mr. Incredible from, from Pixar's <laughs> That's the another one, yep. The fact he doesn't go as that for Halloween every single year is a travesty because <laughs> that is his physique. That is his face. And so the Lightyear one just came out, you know, makes total sense. And then looking at it from that angle, yep, but... I've been arguing for Mr. Incredible. So either way, I think he's got that. He should be looking for a Disney endorsement at some point here. Right. He really should. I think it's so funny because I had a friend send me the picture and she was like, this is so true. But also, have you ever seen Byron Buxton and Frozone in the same room? Yeah. Now, if you're an Incredibles fan, you know who Frozone is. That was another one of those question marks. I was like, so do we need to start a whole thread here of people and players that... uh, Twin City sports stars that look like Pixar characters? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, That sounds like a good content series. We'll put 
We'll put Worley on that. <laughs> that is something Worley would 100% He would excel do. at that, right? Yes. Well, another another headline, though, that Lindsay actually sent to the group came out on TMZ today. And I hope we can talk about this just a little bit. I don't want to dive too much into it. Apparently, Adrian Peterson is in talks to fight Le'Veon Bell. Yep. Does he have a background in boxing? I don't know if either of them have a background in boxing. This is part of the celebrity boxing craze that's been going on. You you saw Jose Canseco get in there at one point. Um, there's just there's a, a lot of different athletes that have been doing this. So when I saw Adrian pop up with Le'Veon Bell, I was trying to think. I'm like, Le'Veon wasn't that big of a guy. Okay, here's the comparison. So Adrian is 37. Le'Veon is 30. They're both 6'1". And Le'Veon's 225, Peterson 217. So they're kind okay. of very comparable in size. They are then. That that was the thing. I guess I, I didn't remember Le'Veon being that thick. Yeah. But, hey, you know, I guess for those two guys, if they've inked a deal and they've got some cash on the table, more power to them. I Good mean, I would that. watch. I think there's going to be a lot of people. That I are think a lot of people watch two, kind of two really accomplished running backs going head to head and another arena would be very interesting. It's either very interesting if they do come in with some <laughs> skills or it is an absolute train wreck. And, you know, everyone either way, people are going to watch. Yeah, I'll tell you this. Look, I, I I like boxing. I think it's fun to watch. Right. But like if I'm them and I went through all those blows and like through the game and stuff like I just wouldn't want my body through that all over again or my face. Because, yes, in football, you may be injuring yourself elsewhere, but your face is usually usually pretty pristine, pretty pristine. You don't have any cuts. You don't losing teeth. Nothing swollen by the end of the game. Like you don't have any blood coming out of your forehead. I don't know. Not don't, my not my style. That's the thing. I, I you know <laughs> I saw it and I just kind of raised an eyebrow and said, "Well, more power to you." Uh, you know, if they this is something they're both you consenting do you. to do, you do you have at it. But at the same point, I, I just I tend to lean towards the train wreck factor. <laughs> but we'll see what it turns into. Well, how about one last headline before we get to Coach Anderson? And this one actually is a pretty. Uh, good segue for us. PFF's Mike Renner ranked every team's secondary as we head into training camp and has the Vikings at number 18. What are your thoughts on that? I think the secondary is the question mark that we've been talking about for a while, just like that right guard spot. Um, you know, they did bring in a bunch of guys. They kept Patrick Peterson around, brought in a first round draft pick in Lewis Seen and adding to the back end of that secondary I think the idea of being 18th uh, versus a bunch of the stats that were showing us like in the 20s. Yeah, I mean, look, Jay, I thought that that was pretty fair given how things went last season and not knowing what this group's going to do and a new coaching staff. I thought that was a pretty fair assessment because, I mean, what, you're middle of the pack. You can just... That I mean, that's the thing to, is... better to I, have that. <laughs> at the back end of last season, by the time everything was done, when you looked at a lot of the key statistical categories... You were in that middle to lower 20s, if not close to 32 in some of these different spots. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they were willing to bump them to 18, given a bunch of the moves that they've made, yeah, the, the vets they kept, and then the new blood that they brought in this year, 18 I don't think is something that you should feel too bad about, given no. the way that things had ended last year. So I think there's just an attitude of between the the new look 3-4 defense, the, the additions that they made and the subtractions um, from last season that, that aren't going to be around – I think there's a feeling like these guys are finally going to have to figure this thing out. They would have gotten themselves out of the 20s, though, if they if the defense was an improvement just between the last two minutes of the first half. Well, yeah, and, that, that was the entire season. Right. right. So so there were like two parts of the game where if you just improved your defensive your defensive play at the end of the fourth and the end of the second, you would be, I mean, probably a middle of the road to top defense like 
they just really, really didn't do good in those two little time periods. It was so weird. And I think that that four minute chunk, essentially, of of all of those close games, those were the Achilles heel last yeah. season. That's ultimately why there was the change that happened, not only from you know the front office, but all the way through with the coaching staff. All of that happened because of those four minutes of every single one of those close games that that, that went the wrong way. When you put it that way, it sounds so weird. It shows you how razor thin the edge is in the NFL, especially Mm -hmm. look at the statistical categories that we had on offense, you know, that we did well in. And then you just kind of looked at the defense and said, you know, because of those moments that were that they were on the hook for. There was a lot of change, a lot of things happened. I think a lot of people understand that at this point too. And so they did. Hopefully at this point, if you if you can think about the the discussion that happened saying, if only we had a middle of the the pack defense last year, we would have been yeah, a playoff team. That's, that's a good that's a good discussion. point. So mm-hmm. If we can get to 18th or better, you know, I, I don't. <laughs> Who knows? I don't think Ed's going to sit there and say, "Yay, 18." But no, for but those if guys, you're in the playoffs, he'll say, "That's that was good enough, guys." Exactly right. So if you start out here at 18, hopefully you just keep going up from there during the season. Yeah, Renner stated that it's a mix of veterans and rookie top 50 talent, and so his worry was the age of veterans like Patrick Peterson and Harrison Smith, which I think that's more of an outsider's perspective than anything. It can be because I think you look at those guys, especially because they're what, 30, they're 32 and 33. So you look at the age on the paper and it may not be how they are or how they play. I think they they look at it as Patrick Peterson was a top five draft pick when he came in. He was a stalwart, all pro type player when he was in Arizona. And then he came to the Vikings as an older veteran and he's still, you know, he's getting older. So there are ways that you look at those guys saying the agent aging vets worry him with Patrick and Harrison. But the issue that has been in this this entire department has been depth in the first place. So given the top 50 talent that he cited, mm-hmm. some of those other players that ha- have stuck around here in the transition, I think the fact that you've got those two guys that the younger players can learn from is going to be similar to what we used to do with Terrence Newman when he was, I mean, he was almost 40 when he was still playing. And it was the thing that they looked at Terrence because he was basically a coach right. in that backfield. And yeah. I think they look at Patrick and Harrison in the same light. For sure. Especially with the young guys, like you mentioned, Lewis seen a Caleb Evans, Andrew Booth, Jr. Cam Bynum. Cam Bynum. They're yeah. so, yeah, the list goes on and on. Um, so speaking of those guys, one of the people who are tasked to bring up this secondary to coach them this season is assistant defensive backs coach, Roy Anderson, who, like we mentioned in the beginning of the podcast has some history here. He is, one of the few coaches retained after last season. And so his insight was really, really cool. Gabe, Jay, and I sat down with him right before camp ended and got his perspective on the upcoming season. And joining us in the Minnesota Vikings podcast this week is assistant DB's coach and safeties coach Roy Anderson. Coach Anderson, welcome. A, to the TCO radio room. I, I don't know. Have you been in here before? First time in here. Thanks for inviting me. Glad I'm here. No, we're, we're stoked to talk to you. Um, it's an exciting time. I and mean, You were, were watching this transition between coaching regimes happen. So how has that been for you and kind of getting to know this new system? Um, I think it's been real good for me uh, from the standpoint that I'm familiar with a lot of the players that are still here, um, especially with the vets. So I think that's good for me being here another year with those guys, um, knowing how they act in the meeting room, um, knowing how they learn knowing what's best for them scheme wise so I think that was a good transition for me 
um, being here with those guys for the last two years. It's tough to watch, though, to some to see something like that happen, mm-hmm. but then obviously kind of anticipate what's next. Yeah, it's always tough with coaching changes. Um, of course, this wasn't my, hasn't been my first one. I've been a part of, <laughs> unfortunately, many coaching changes, but um, it's definitely a different deal. You hate to see some good coaches leave. Um, I think Coach Zimmer had a really good staff. He treated me very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, we just have to move on and, um, and just trust this new regime. Does your style of coaching change with – a new regime, even though you have similar players? Um, it doesn't. Um, and one of the good things, I worked with Ed Donatel back in Chicago. Oh, nice. um, I was his assistant uh, for a couple years there in 17 and 18. Uh, so my style really doesn't change. Um, I try to adapt to the players more as far as like how they learn. Some players mm-hmm. learn different in the classroom, but as far as on the field, uh, my coaching style didn't change at all for them. And I think that's a good thing. So they know you come with the energy every day. Oh, yeah. We got to <laughs> come with the energy every day. Uh, keep it fun for the guys. And I think that's one thing that um, Ed's doing a great job of is keeping it fun with the players. That's one of the first things he did with them was connect with them mm-hmm. just getting to know them on a personal level instead of football. And, and that's made it a lot more fun. Yeah, I mean, with your background with Ed and now your background with these players, what can fans expect from Coach Donatel and the style of defense that we'll see? Um, I definitely think it's going to be a pretty attacking style. Um, a lot of people think he's just going to sit back in some zone coverages, but he's going to mix it up quite a bit. And the thing that I think he does a good job of is tailoring his system to the player's strength. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he gets a guy that comes in that could be a he's a good press corner, he's going to make sure he gets the best out of him. Um, but he does a good job of tailoring his system to to the player strength. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you said that because I remember just just seeing Harrison and P2 and some of the other guys um, just talking earlier this week, and they were like, "Like, man, this defense is so simple. Like, you know, it's like I can just be free." And Harrison was, I won't say everything he said, but he was like, he's able to be more free than he was um, early on in his career. So, what makes this defense so free flowing for the secondary? Um, really, we make it simple for him. We try to make everything look the same. Um, so we don't want to tip our hat to the offense. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps the players out because they get comfortable um, pretty much making everything look the same. Um, so one thing I think that's going to help with is when we do start disguising stuff, that's going to make it even more harder for the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And then with a guy like Harrison, you just try to play his strengths and, <laughs> and really not mess him up. I mean, he's been doing great for the last 10, 11 years that he's been in the league. And, uh, and so he's one of the top safety, if not the top safety in the NFL. So we just kind of try to come in and keep some of the stuff the same but then try to tailor stuff to the guy's strength. So right now, as we wrap up mini camp, you are talking, making everything look the same. As far as when you start building in those disguises, where is that in the learning process? Um, You know, because you're kind of starting from scratch here with with Mm -hmm. a new D.C. Yeah, um, but I think the good thing that we had, we got a chance to have phase one, two, and then phase three with Mm -hmm. the guys. So they're getting comfortable with it. So it won't be their first time seeing it once we get back to training camp because really once we get back to training camp, we're still going to run the same schemes over and over again. Mm-hmm. So it'll be there a lot of them third or fourth time seeing it. Uh, and then now we got the preseason game, so we'll be able to do some things there. Uh, so I think it'll be an easy transition for just because we had a lot of time with them during the offseason. Mm-hmm. And you you got you spent a lot of time with Louis Seen the past couple of weeks. He seems like a student of the game, but for, as his coach, what has it been like working with him? It's been great. Like you said, he is a student of the game. He wants to learn. Um, he's a really sharp kid, and he wants to be great. And I think him being around a guy like Harrison Smith is definitely going to help him. And he knows that there are some things that he needs to work on, and he's been very coachable. He's open to new technique, new ideas. 
And his college coach had told me that he was a really good one to look at, and, mm-hmm. and he definitely was right. So definitely looking forward to working with him. Yeah, so Coach Anderson, you're sitting there draft night, Thursday night, trade out of this 12th pick, right? We're going mm-hmm. wait until pick number 32. We don't know. Are we going? Are we not going? And then they pick Lewis Seen safety. I mean, hearing that that's the direction that they went in the first round, what was your reaction? We were excited. Um, actually, we were in the staff room, and then uh, one of the scouts came down and got us. He was like, hey, we need the DB coaches and the coordinators. So we knew what time it was. And it was like, <laughs> hey, we're getting us a good player. So yeah. we were just excited. I was just keeping my fingers crossed for him. Yeah. Because sometimes when you hope to get a player, you never get them in the draft because mm-hmm. other knees and some other team pick them up. But we were glad to have them. Yeah, that's got to be uh, yeah. nerve-wracking. Oh, for sure. But to actually have the opportunity, you know, to actually get the guy that you want and then see what he is doing out here, how much of the evaluation process can you really got, like dive deep into a rookie without putting the pads on? Um, Yeah, like you say, you really want to get a chance to evaluate them with the pads on. Mm-hmm. But the good thing about Lewis is when you watched him on tape at Georgia, you saw his physicality. Yeah. So that's one thing we didn't question about him as far as um, how is he going to play when you get the pass on. Because a lot of kids can come in and it's totally different when they get the pass on. Mm-hmm. But like you said, a guy like Lewis, he can come in and step in and hopefully play right away. Um, so one thing I'm just looking forward to him is just make that next step in training camp like I know he will. Well, I was just going to ask about Cam Bynum. Had a breakout season last year, had some really big moments, obviously putting multiple performances like that together getting more consistency out of him. Where do you see him taking the next step this season? To her question, would you sure. say Cam Bynum is the definition of making it hard for a coach? <laughs> he is, and it's funny yeah. you say that. We always want to make tough decisions. So mm-hmm. we always tell the guys, hey, if you make us make a tough decision, that means you're doing your job. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's an easy decision to make a cut day, then somebody's not doing their job. Mm-hmm. But a guy like Cam Bynum, he came in and stepped right in when Harrison Smith was out and didn't miss a beat. Came in and played very well against Baltimore. Uh, very well against the Chargers, had an interception, mm-hmm. had a sack. Um, and that's just, to him, to his credit, when he came in, he didn't even play safety in college. Right. He was a corner. And then when we asked him at the combine, hey, would you want to play safety? He was like, Coach, I'll play whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sounds like Cam, huh? <laughs> so when you got a kid like that who's smart, he's tough, and he's willing to do whatever for the team that he can, then, then you have a player no matter if he didn't play the position ever. But he, he's going to be a good one. He's making a tough decision for it. And like I always tell the guys, if we can get competition, then that's going to make everybody better. This has been your first full off season. That's been quote unquote normal. Mm-hmm. You got here in 2020. It was COVID year. Then you get 2021. How has this been being able to be in the facility with everyone, new coaching staff starting over technically in that sense, but you're also kind of feeling a little new because you really haven't had this before here. Yeah, it's been great. Um, and like you said, it's been new. And for me, I had to get, readjusted to it um, back when we was in Chicago we used to always have the offseason but now like you said we didn't have it and I had to get adjusted hey what's phase one what's phase two <laughs> what can we do what can't we do mm-hmm. and then just getting the guys back in the building to get that routine because we always tell guys hey when you come in you want a good offseason routine you want even better routine when you go in for the summer for five or six weeks mm-hmm. by yourself and then you want another routine once you get in the season so it was good to get those guys back in to not only learn the scheme, but learn about us, get to know us, mm-hmm. and so we can get to know them. Because that's one thing I like about KO in his press conference. He said, hey, we want guys to come in that want to come in the building, mm-hmm. that want to be here, want to be around us, because they don't care how much you know until they care how much you care about them. Hey, Coach, it's, it's tough coming to this building when it's negative 18 degrees outside. <laughs> and I know you're from Florida, so I know that process of just trying to – 
warm your car up <laughs> to put on a couple of jackets to get in the building along with these other guys, that process probably has taken some adjusting to, right? Oh, yeah, no doubt. I'm still getting used to it. Um, <laughs> I guess now I can somewhat tolerate it. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely it's definitely different during the wintertime. But, but yeah, it's been good so but far. But this is the time of year that everyone says, this is the reason we stay in Minnesota, so they, right? So they hire people here with the Minnesota Vikings in May, June, July. Mm -hmm. Just because they know it's going to be warm, right. but like once you know October is, it's like all right. I don't know if, you, they, but this season it felt like a lot of the coaching staff got here. It was still chilly. It was the end of February. I mean, they got a good taste for it. They got a good taste for it. Yeah, they got a late start, so we'll see start. how they do when the full winter hits. Ah. Next year. <laughs> you got some pointers for them, coach, right? Coach, my last question: What do you want out of? Because I know you you specialize with the safeties. Mm -hmm. What do you want out of your safeties this year? Like, where can you, where can they build from last year? I mean, Harrison is a Probably a future Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. But, like, how does he get better? How does Lewis Seen and Cam Bynum and Miles Doran, how, what do you want to see from them? Really, I want to see the communication part. Uh, we always tell the safeties, you got to be the quarterback of the defense. Um, you're helping getting people lined up. You're making the calls. You're making checks and adjustments. Um, and from that standpoint, once you communicate well, then it slow, the game slows down for you. So we want those guys to be a student of the game. Um, and then at the same time, we want them attacking. Um, we want guys who can track the ball downfield with good ball skills, but I think it all starts with their communication, helping get guys lined up. The quarterback of the defense, you mm -hmm. played quarterback in college. Do you relate to that sense? Like, do you or have you ever used that mindset that you played with and kind of related that back to what the safeties are doing in your room? I have, because when I first started working with the safeties, it was um, in Baltimore. Um, so we used to tell our guys, hey, you got to know what the offense is doing, how they are trying to attack you. Um, so having playing the position, I can tell mm -hmm. them, hey, in this formation, this is what they're looking at. Mm -hmm. um, if you're down this far, this is what the quarterback looking at. So I just tried to teach them the game from an offensive perspective. So then once they got that, it was easier for them to know, hey, this is the weakness of this defense. This is the strength. This is what they're looking at. This is how they're trying to attack me. Um, so really, I think that helped mm -hmm. from teaching them the offensive perspective. It's a different thing because, you, you know, you see – guys that have played quarterback they they stay in the offensive side of things and you kind of broke them out a little bit i was about to say it probably slows things down right from from being a quarterback you got to focus on what all 22 players are doing on the field and mm -hmm. then you move to another position whether that's safety or linebacker and it's like oh now you can say from a different perspective no exactly it definitely slowed down a lot for me and i just fell into the position on defense because <laughs> one of our coaches in baltimore at the time greg roman he was like hey if you can ever move over to the defensive side, it'll help you out if you ever want to go back to offense because oh, he did. Yeah. The, he used to be a defensive coach, and then he moved on offense. And you just see the game from a whole nother level. You're like, oh, this is what they're trying to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is what offense is trying to do to us. So this it's kind of like chess. You're playing yep. chess. No going back yet, though, coach. Right. No, no going back yet. <laughs> no, I like it on the defense side. <laughs> we call it the dark side, so I think I'm staying over. Yeah, I, can, I love it. can play defense. Right? I love it. Well, on that note, thank you so much, Coach Anderson, for joining us here on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. We look forward to seeing all your guys out there this season. All right. Thanks for having me. Another big thank you to assistant defensive backs and safeties coach Roy Anderson. I just liked his temperament. He just seemed like a real chill guy. And that's what those guys like. They like the guys that can kind of like, you know, be tough on them, but also be the kind of guy you can just sit down and talk to. Those are the guys that you respect once mm -hmm. they start talking because, you know, they don't necessarily get up and Say get vocal much, and scream yeah. very mm -hmm. much. But when they do, it's it's kind of one of those things that has a little extra weight to it. So 
I think a guy like Roy, the reason he stuck around is because his guys really, you know, liked him and liked yeah. to have him and his voice in that room and they respected what he had to say. So I think a guy like Roy is going to be a welcome addition to this new staff here. And again, it'll be funny to watch he and Keenan McCardle's group go at each other this training That's camp, so especially true. because both those guys are prideful in their groups. Yeah, very much so. Now that conversation continues our coaches series where we sat down and talked to several assistant and strength coaches across the Viking staff. And so I think on Monday we released an interview with tight ends coach Brian Angelico. So you're going to want to check that out. And we are going to have another interview tomorrow with ESPN's Matt Bowen. I spoke to him and he actually played for Ed Donatel in the early 2000s. And if you like to get into the weeds on coverages and schemes, Matt Bowen is your dude. First of all, I followed him the other day because I wanted to interview him for this. And I was like learning because he is tweeting so much good info on like if you're really nerding out about that kind of stuff. So Matt Bowen's a great follow. He talked to us about this defense under Ed Donatel talking about how Ed was such a teacher when he was there, which is obviously that kind of mindset that this whole coaching staff brings. He also was very high on Lewis scene. He's like, this is a guy that I would want to play for me. I think Lewis is going to be fun to watch because oh, yeah. if you remember, fans were kind of lukewarm on the yeah. pick just because they, they didn't really recognize was, his name, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, they were assuming it was going to be one of the other guys earlier in the draft. Yep. I think a guy like Lewis Seen, especially with all of the the experts out there that have talked about him, I think this guy is going to be a welcomed addition to this defense. And look, I I love it. I, I read a lot of these players on energy, right? Like I know that may sound a little wonky, but like there's something about when I've been doing this and talking to players for over a decade. So I kind of feel like maybe I'm on to something a little bit, not like breaking a code or like making a new type of science or anything, but I'm like, I, I, I like the energy. I can tell that he's here and he wants to be good and wants to learn. And he's a great person to just be around. And sometimes that makes so much difference when you think about maybe some of the chemistry issues that this team has had in the past between coaches and players. Like sometimes those things can translate into other things that you do. And so just having someone that is easygoing like that, I think could be really good. One of the things that excites me about him is he and Harrison Smith have a very similar vibe. <laughs> yeah. They're very kind of calm, very quiet demeanor. They got outside interests outside of football, but you put them on there and put some pads on there. I am hoping that he and Harrison are like oh. doppelgangers out of that field, just wreaking havoc on Sunday. I mean, who better to learn from, right? Who better to learn from? Perfect. We have got some more content coming your way because as Jay mentioned a little earlier, we do have, we are technically everyone is off next week. And so, um, but that doesn't mean that the content doesn't continue going. Someone is working and someone is posting. So we will have several more coach interviews coming out. Um, and pick six is coming back for a couple more weeks. So PA and I will answer some more of your questions. We will take a break from the podcast, yep. you know. We're going to take a next week with the 4th of July. Everyone can hopefully go have an extra s'more and enjoy their fireworks for 4th of July week. But yeah, so we'll be closed for the 4th of July week. But like she said, there's a ton of content coming out. Even recent stuff that's been popping out there. Viking Circle with Harrison Smith with Gabe. That was a good one. Uh, 96 Questions is back. And then people are really excited and happy about yeah, the that first episode that came splash. out. Yeah, it did. And, and it was a fun content series we had from before. And everyone working on it were really excited when they got a chance to do it. And we're just talking about number 96. Brian Robinson. Well, Jay, get this. He is bringing NYC's cheesiest food stand 
to U.S. Bank Stadium this season. You're definitely going to want to check out Mack Truck Mac and Cheese on Minnesota Vikings game day. How about that for a good snack? Hmm? Anything B-Rob touches right now is gold. So, you know, something along those lines. Exactly. (laughs) Mack Truck Mac and Cheese is going to be something that I think a lot of people are going to be really excited for. So I look forward to it on game days. Not going to turn down the mac and cheese. Anyway, yeah, you want to go check out Mack Truck Mac and Cheese. It's another thing, too, this week. uh, Justin Jefferson talking about kind of everything that's exciting to him, the Madden rating, everything like that. But also talking about the fact he wants to be a Hall of Famer. He has audibly said it. And I think for a guy like that, that's the thing. Now that that's out there and he's motivated, he already knew people had a target on him. It's going to be even more so. And for a guy like him, I think he thrives in that. There's no question, because when you think about how much grief people were giving him last season when he said, nothing's going to change. I'm not going to have a sophomore slump. Like, don't put that on me, right? Now he's coming back and this is this narrative for this season. And he had a great season last year. And you can pretty much have the same expectations this coming season. Yeah, there's no reason you you shouldn't at this point. So his interviews out there, there's just there's tons of highlights from camp and everything in the offseason program. So yeah, it's a good time to catch up if you've got some days off, catch up on some of this content so that you're ready to go and know all the people that you need to watch for camp, things like that. Um, We do have the two previous podcasts with the coaches as well. If you missed those, we had assistant special teams coach Ben Katwika, and then we had assistant quarterbacks coach Gerard Johnson. And so we will continue this when we come back from training camp. We have two more exciting interviews for you guys with coaches that are on the strength and the sports performance side of things, which is really, really cool. We're excited to share those with you. But until then, have a wonderful holiday and we will see you in two weeks. 